Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use game time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bag alert, John. It's time for another mailbag. Woo! Mailbag time, here we go. Bag alert, major bag alert. Podcast is brought to you by our friends at sleepnumber.com slash ham. Go get yourself a bed on Haber Middlecoff, sleepnumber.com slash ham. Got deals upon deals upon deals. Get a good night's sleep, sleepnumber.com slash ham. Nothing like that sleep IQ technology. And brought to you by our friends at upstart.com slash ham. You got some credit card debt? They're here to help you out. Upstart.com slash ham. Get that credit card debt. Bye-bye. G-A-B-I dot com slash ham. That's Gabby dot com slash ham. John stands for get a better insurance with Gabby. Gabby dot com slash ham. Let's get it on. All right, John. Don't forget, everybody, before we get to the mailbag, three o'clock Sunday, big announcement for the podcast. Middlecoff and I, I'll speak for him, have not. We couldn't be more fired up. You said it the other day on the podcast, and I think you're right. Of all the things that we've accomplished in our in, in our media careers, this is uh this is up there. This is 
somebody is jumping on board with the pod, a company that we really believe in that we think you guys are going to, we know you guys love because they're number one in what they do already. So everyone loves them. Fired up was a literal statement. We would be on fire. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Here's how you do a mailbag. You go to iTunes, you leave us a review in that review. You do two things. You leave us a question and you tell us your favorite bar to hang out at wherever it is in the world. We also have a couple questions that we take from Facebook. iTunes gets the priority, but go to the Haber Minimal Cough Facebook page. We also take questions from Facebook for the mailbag. So here we go. You ready to roll? Let's do it. We have not read these ahead of time. I just screenshotted them, but I try not to look at them so we can all be surprised together. This is from Niner Dan. He says, love the content. Can't wait for you guys to dive into story uh, camp storylines. Bar recommendation from the South Bay. Caesar's Cantina. Huge beer selection and great barbecue. Ooh. You speak in our tone. Uh, Olympic-themed question for you. Would you rather be a champion in one of the major sports, but as one of the last guys on the roster, or win gold in an Olympic sport, what Olympic sport would you choose? It's a very good question. So last guy on the roster, but you win a like an NBA or an NFL or a Major League Baseball, you win a championship, or individual gold medalist in I get. I mean, we would say here you're not choosing basketball, I guess, to win your gold medal. Is that? Uh, yeah, yeah, obviously, because then you'd be a pretty star player. Because you'd probably choose that, because then you're also really rich, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, to me, you'd have to really get into the context of: am I like a key? Spe- am I like Matt Slater on the Patriots? And people in the town are going to know me I don't forever. think so. One of the last guys on the roster. I guess football's hard because even the last yeah. guy has a role. But you know, I, pro- I think I would I don't choose think he's Super thinking Bowl. Matt Slater. I would choose Super Bowl probably over Olympic gold. Now, would I be the 14th guy at an NBA champion? Because you're right. If you're on a football team, you're going to play some special teams. Like, you're going to get on the field. Uh, even, I guess, an offensive line. If you're like the backup guard, you might just play on, like, kickoff. Like, uh, or actually field goal. So you don't really get to play that much. Baseball, if you're on the 25, like you just you're gonna play in the World Series, right? Yeah, I mean you could be, I would imagine for this guy, you're like, you know, the last bullpen guy who comes in when it's seven to nothing. Okay. But even then, there's usually a blowout in like a six game series. They throw you in for a couple innings. Yeah. You get to pitch in the World Series. I, I would choose championship. Having just watched Caleb Dressel win gold last night, I don't know if you saw any. Did you watch any of the swimming? I missed it completely. No. I don't know when anything's on. But I heard about it, so I watched the highlights of the the of Katie Ledecky, the four by two, whatever that is. She like came storming back from uh, the four. She was the last leg of the U.S. race, and they won silver. But this guy Caleb Dressel came out looking. First of all, he looks six six. He looks six six two forty. Turns out he's like is he is he, is he tat is he tatted? He's got some tats. Yeah, yeah. I like that yeah. guy. Looks sweet. That guy looks. He came sweet. out one gold, and they showed his family like watching from Florida. His mom could not look like you would have thought she was watching a car crash. She just, she kept like tucking her head away. It was so nerve wracking for her. His wife is going bananas. The whole place is going. The man won a gold medal. The beauty of like swimming or track and field, like you'd get like fastest man alive. Like that's what they would call you. You know, if you want a gold. So I think I'd go with Plus you can come back and win multiples, right? If you're the last guy on the team, you might only have a short career. Um, well, if you're giving me multiple golds, right, and I could parlay gotta, a Michael come Phelps, back probably in four more years, right? Yeah, but if I'm a gold medal, that means I'm going to be in the mix. You know, I, I, I might, if I have to parlay it into money. Otherwise, just one gold, 
I think I would lean to, championship. Individ, I would individual gold. And the beauty is like your team. There is still like a team around you that celebrates with you. That's kind of cool. So I'd lean Olympic gold on this. I think it feels pretty heat of the moment because the Olympics again. For you sure, watch these it definitely events, is. It's yeah, awesome. Totally. But it's pretty fucking badass celebrating with your boys and winning an NBA Finals or Super Bowl, right? No doubt. All right, next up, John. This is from Rippin' Jaw. Golf pro loves ham. I'm a golf pro from Maryland. Love the golf talk. The Mount Rushmore argument is as old as time. But thinking about the biggest American athletes to go global, I think there are an obvious three. Tiger, Jordan, and Muhammad Ali. Who's the fourth? Disappointed no Titleist guys on hand, but no one's perfect. Enjoy the content. Maybe we'll get some Titleist one day. Um, so who's the, the Mount Rushmore of American athletes to go global? That's tough. Tiger, Jordan, Ali. I mean, OJ? Simpson? Yeah, I mean, it, it, honestly, could it be an Olympic athlete? Could it be like a Michael Phelps? Phelps. Um, Magic. I mean, could it be, a, to me, basketball player more so than a Yeah, I mean, it feels like Le- LeBron with the internet is probably bigger than Magic Le- ever was. LeBron might actually be fourth here. Yeah, probably is. Sad, but it's true. Ste- I, I, in my head, I thought Steph maybe. Um Feels like LeBron's infinitely bigger than Steph worldwide. He's just been doing it longer, just more famous. Yeah. Uh, I, I pulled Again, up a Jesse Owens. Say that. Uh, Jackie Robinson. Yeah, I, I think I. I think the problem is he's right. The the three are just. It, they feel like they're on a different level, right? Yeah. They are the big, and they three. all and they all kind of came like Ali, right? 60s, 70s. I mean, he was so big in the 70s, but his his work was in the 60s. Michael became a big deal early 80s, hits the shot, and then all through the 80s, and then he becomes a dominant player in the 90s. As Tigers, we're learning about Tiger in the 90s, and then he takes it into worldwide fame in the 2000s. You'd probably have to give 10 to LeBron. I mean, yeah. he was, it'd probably be LeBron. Yeah, Again, LeBron. pains me to say, but it's probably true. All right, next but up. I, and I would say this, like if you're ranking him, I'd have LeBron as a clear fourth in the impact worldwide he's had. And in fairness to him, like Kobe, he's the second basketball player there. I'd say LeBron's bigger than Kobe. Next up from Nick Sarna. Full name on the internet. Look at this guy. Oregon alum. Uh, as an Oregon alum, the greatest watering hole on the West Coast would have to be Taylor's. No more detail. With name, image, and likeness now in effect, does Oregon become a powerhouse in recruiting because of the seemingly unlimited money Nike has to give player deals? Uh... Yeah, it's tough. I think there's some rules about like what exactly Nike can do versus what, you know, just any random person can do. But did you see what Ed Orgeron said at a Rotary Club meeting on Wednesday? Y'all no. can start paying our players, so uh, you know, <laughs> go ahead. Y'all want to start paying our players? Uh, you know, it's allowed now. <laughs> oh shit! Was that uh, what you told me about Thibodeau on or off the record when you talked to him? Ooh, I don't remember which thing you're talking about. Uh, about the uh, the dude calling him. That was on the record. Yeah. Yeah. Well, record. Tell that story. So Kayvon Thibodeau, star, Oregon, interviewed him at Pac-12 Media Day, met him the other day, uh, Tuesday, and he, you know. Could, you give, us, could you give us a little scout rundown, like size, length, I mean, arms? just exactly <laughs> what it's supposed to look like. What you, I mean, honestly, like 6'5", long arms. Yeah, just so proportional, I think. When you see the elite athlete, I don't know if you, but like, like you said this about Buckner the other day, he's massive, but he's proportional, right? It like it fits together in a way that you think is going to be super athletic. Um, he had like three rings on two Rose bowl, ring, uh, two Pac-12 title rings and a, and a Rose bowl ring. 
Um, and he had like the glasses that are frameless on the top and bottom, but like a gold arm on the side and over the nose piece was very thoughtful. Was I thought I, I was really impressed with him. Um, did a lot of like saying stuff that was clearly just repeating uh, uh, his head coach. So coachable in that way. Um, but yes, dude, six five and just exactly what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> yeah, like serious, I mean, but yeah. you know, gave great answers, but was also serious about what he was here to do. So, uh, and he's on the short. You know, he was like a Miles Garrett Bosa level recruit, right? I mean, he was a can't miss everyone. In the I country think McShay wanted. had him as the number one pick in his last mock draft for next year. Texas kid, is that where he's from, or LA? Uh, no, he's from LA. Yeah, he's from LA. That's what I thought. So uh, he's got an NFT. Tinker Hatfield, the guy that designed all the Michael Jordan shoes, made him an NFT that it made him like ninety. I think he can sell them. I think they're actually. He said they're going to print one because I'm like, well, how much are they going for? He's like, ah, oh, they're like eighty five dollars right now. You know, it's tied to Ethereum. You know, he knew the whole thing. But he said the way it came about was he's in the locker room. He gets a phone call. It's an it's his area code. He knows it's a Portland number. He doesn't know the number. Normally, I don't answer, but this time I answered. And the guy says, hi, this is Philip Knight. And the guy just talks for like five minutes. And he's like, the whole time the guy's talking, I'm like, Philip Knight? Who is Philip Knight? And then finally it hit me. And he said, wait, is this Uncle Phil? And the guy's like, yeah, Phil Knight. This is Phil Knight. And... uh Phil Knight called him directly. So the question of, is there some direct tie with Nike? Yes. Phil Knight made the direct. There's no like, oh, the secretary sent somebody over on the co, blah, blah, blah. Phil Knight calls. Phil Knight. So That's badass. So yeah, Nike, Oregon's got a sweet advantage. Did you want to say anything else on that? No, I just, I'm... I don't now. Granted, I guess last year was a weird year, so it was hard to watch the Pac-12 just because their games were all over the map. And his freshman year is a big. I'm really they didn't fascinated. start him right away as a freshman. It was kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's why it wasn't like he was playing every snap. I, I would say he definitely has the most biggest NFL eyeballs on this kid out west. Right. Yeah. yeah him. I mean, he's viewed as like problem. a non-quarterback number one overall player. He's right? viewed as he again. McShay had him number one in his mock. I think. Yeah. If one of these quarterbacks don't take it by the reins. Well, have you seen the the kid at UNC Howell? Yeah. He's short. Yeah, Slovis is that last physical quality. Like I don't, there is not like, but even Rattler, he's smaller. I don't think there is like Desmond Trevor Ritter, Lawrence. Guy, yeah, no, the guy at Cincinnati maybe. Next up, John from Semja eighty nine. Great pot as always. I was rewatching Moneyball and the scene where they're cutting Giambi, Damon, and Isringhausen, uh, I- Isringhausen Banner. Always had me wondering what the general feel in Oakland is about Oakland sports. They're cutting down the banner. Uh, also, I, I heard a contrarian opinion that Billy Bean is not as responsible for the A's success as we're led to believe. Can you comment on that as well? Is is it more D Podesta than we think? Oh, historically, I, you know, David Forrest is the guy. I remember I saw David Forrest at a Cal baseball game a month ago with uh, their scouting director, I think. So those guys are, I mean, Billy's very much involved, but yeah, I mean, I... David but I think Forrest, he's, I think, I think he's even his questions more based on like the Moneyball era. Does oh, he oh, get oh. too much credit for that? Oh, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I think Billy's pretty fucking good at I his think job, you get, don't you? you? Yeah, like you, you know, you hire the guy, even if the guy helped. Like this is part of the point. It's like you hire smart people. People were not hiring just guys with no baseball experience to come help them run departments. But do do you get credit? Like I say this all the time about NFL GMs, like. He's a good drafter. Well, is he good at free agency? Does he hire a good coach? Like, it's more than just you get credit for when you say, you know, Farhan's the smartest guy I've ever interviewed, and then I hired him. 
and no one would have hired Farhan. Like, you get credit. Farhan would be the first to tell you, like, without Billy Bean, I don't exist. Yeah. Like, do you not get credit for that? No. <laughs> I mean, the vision of hiring somebody and giving them a responsibility on a level that other people may not have given them. I also think Billy, and this is where I think he probably influenced those guys a lot. Because I remember when I got hired to work with you and we were around that A's team like two iterations ago, and they were always kind of like this underrated, like Daryl Morey is not good at this, doesn't care about chemistry at all, never did. I think Billy doesn't get credit enough for like having just kind of guys, guys, like they do the numbers guys, but like if you just walk in their locker room right now, a team that's probably going to make the playoffs, like it's just dudes. And it's not like just this guy over there. I think Moneyball kind of made it feel like that at times. And just, I, I think the way people talk about analytics, I think Billy's really, really good at like the shit Pat Riley cares about, yeah. right? Like the guy. Right. How often do they have like slappy weirdos? Now, obviously they get really good players, but like they feel like they get guys that other teams value as people. Yeah, you're absolutely right. No, you're right. I, I never thought Billy gets enough credit for that. I Honestly, my take is, I think even the hype he's gotten, I think he's probably the factoring in what he deals with with the franchise. Because his original question, Oakland Sports, that franchise is kind of a joke. They don't spend any money. In fairness, like they don't have much fan support, even though the fans are loud, like the numbers aren't there. What he's done is probably one of the most incredible things in the history of sports, keeping that thing just rolling. I mean, guy, they have no business to be that good. Yeah. Now, I also think you could revert some people reverse it and go, well, you give the you don't give the fans a lot of a reason. You turn the player, the roster over. You don't upgrade the stadium, right? It goes, it's a two-way street. But everything on you said on Billy, I agree with. I was laughing because they traded, you know, a guy that's been one of their big prospects over the years, but is now 24. And he's got like a six CRA in AAA, Jesus Lazardo. They traded him for Starling Marte, who's like a stud, but is a rental. And I saw some A's people, uh, fans and others were like, this is, no, not Lazardo. I was texting our buddy John Dickinson yesterday. I was kind of cracking up because I'm like, wait a second. So everyone's mad that they that they prioritize the prospects over the star players. Then they trade a prospect who's not performing for a star player, and everyone's mad that the guy's gone? Like, you can't have it both ways. They're going for it. So Yeah. Next up, Vincent. This was on uh, uh, Facebook. Who is the sleeper rookie set to dominate? Well, Good question. Hunter Bishop is back from uh, – he texted me. He's back healthy, John, from his shoulder. He's in high A. He's ready to roll Thursday. Hopefully he's getting some ABs as we speak, taking some BP. Is he a rookie? No. You're not a rookie until you're in the bigs. I think this is a football question. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to feel – say the same name over. I think Najee Harris and the Steelers are just a fit. You know, kind of like CeeDee Lamb last year with the Cowboys. You're like, damn, this works. Mm. I think Najee Harris and the Steelers is just – especially because they have – like. The only way for them to keep Ben at his age functioning is they have to run the football. And remember last year, Connor would get hurt. They just they just didn't have running backs. I just think Nashi is I mean, he's just a stud, man. I mean, I just think he's an elite player. They haven't had an elite running back. Like people forget, like Levian had elite seasons, but he was not a first round pick. You know, he wasn't viewed as like elite traits. Like I think Najee, if you just ask GMs who not ranking position values, like who's one of the better players in the draft. I think a lot of people would have said Najee was like a top 10 talent in the draft. He just played a position that you just don't draft that high. Yeah. That's a good one. I mean, I don't want to go obvious. My first instinct was Kyle Pitts, just Ryan, 
uh, Arthur Smith, I mean, elite prospect, but he's the fourth overall pick. I don't know if that's too. I think they're going to suck. I do too, but that doesn't mean he's not going to put up numbers. I think he's going to put up numbers. I could that's see, what they do. I, I could, they go five. I could, just see it be, I could just see it being really, even their offense, like, I don't know. I'm I, I under, I'm skeptical on Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan. We're reaching the end here, but. He's had mobile quarterbacks with his offense. This guy can't move. That's a fact, right? Jack. Just get this guy the ball, man. Tutu Atwell. That's the guy, actually. Tutu. I can't wait to watch Big Tutu, Tutu fans on this show. Uh, let's see. Let me make sure I lost my spot. Next up, CC Cortez. Now that the Cleveland Indians have changed their name to the Guardians, not so fast that you see the uh, roller derby team is suing or something like that. There's a Guardians no. roller derby team in Cleveland <laughs> that like owns the website. Apparently no one knew they existed. But anyway, back to the question. What could that mean for other teams across sports with names representing certain groups of people? Washington changing theirs. What about like the Kansas City Chiefs or maybe the Atlanta Braves? This could also translate to the collegiate level as well, e.g. the Seminoles. You know, I think I think the thing that accelerated it for Washington football team and for the Indians was the logo, more so than even the name. That like the logo felt like it was cartoonish like the Indians thing was like this is kind of this is a cartoon I think what the Chiefs I think why they avoid a lot of this conversation is because their logo is a arrowhead the Braves eliminated a lot of their stuff Um, I think they're just the A and the uh, what's it called now right I don't think they they use like a Native American head logo in any way anymore like they did in the 90s or whatever yeah they got did they get rid of the chop Uh, I don't know uh, I, thought well, the they, Chiefs I thought they did. No, Chiefs didn't. The Seminoles, I think it's harder in college than it is in the pros. Although it's happened, you know, Stanford used to be the Indians once upon a but time. But isn't, isn't Seminoles a tribe that was in Florida? Yeah, this is what I'm saying is I think a lot of times it tends to be more if your logo is like a caricature than it is the name itself. Like the name Chiefs, right? It's uh, I think the, yeah, like I'll, the Chiefs. Yeah, I'll be completely... I, I'm not that educated on this topic in the sense of I, I refuse to like get that... Co- it didn't... Whatever. I felt like the big knock on the Indians and the Redskins were like for the people that wanted to change were like it's racist. Right? Well, it, we're the chief we're the Seminole like that's just a name of a tribe. The chief is like there's a chief in a tribe. Like that's just like that's is is being called the chief. Yeah. I, I think they always had a problem with the the chop right with the Braves. Yeah. But like is the Braves is not a racist term. But who knows? I mean, the way society works. Yeah, you know, I, I, the red, the the one I always understood. The first easy to me, the easiest one to get was Redskins. Like, okay, I could see. I wasn't around when like people used that. When we had like you know Native American, like I we grew up. You grew up at a certain age, like you just it was Native Americans. Like that was right. So, but I could see that one. I'm like, all right, I could see if this color of your skin is part of the name. That's probably iffy. Um, but I, but again, I think. Back to my point on the Chiefs, like I think the Indians won. You're right. That, that is closer to Redskins than it is Chief in terms of a name. But I always remember the the logo itself was always like a sticking, not always, but recently like a sticking point too. Yeah. So I, I, I would, on this stuff, I, I would never say never. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, the way society works and the pressures. and. Uh, next know. up, No Bad Days 24, 24, 24, 24. Peter, Peter uh, is the name of this one. Any insight on what? On base percentage of what the quote unquote on base percentage in football is. Yes, John, I know analytics have been in football forever, but my question is do you have any certain stats that are undervalued league wide that good teams value? I feel like we could talk about analytics for play calling or for the scouting combine, 
but there has to be something that good teams use to find value in players. If you don't know, any guess as to what the equivalent of on-base percentage would be in football? Thank you. You guys are the best. Much respect. Great people that are very relatable, John and Guy. Just a couple of blue-collar dudes. Promo code HAM. Appreciate that. No bad days. Uh, that's a pretty good question. Because I, 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 even on-base percentage isn't on-base percentage anymore, right? It's no, it's pretty generic. Yeah, I mean, maybe something like arm length, something like, uh, you know, maybe like a target-to-catch percentage, maybe something like, you know, if you said yards per carry, you know, that's what you're on per base percentage, that stuff like that went out the window in 20 years ago. So, yeah, I, I'm sure there are things with individual teams, but they constantly progress, right? Because in sports, one probably more than any other industry, it's just also insulated. There are only so many teams you can go to, and the more one team has success, those guys just expand. And it's just impossible like how many true secrets are there in sports anymore? Right? Like like the secret sauce Billy Bean's been using with the A's is now all over baseball. Right? Like all the rich teams have the secret sauce. But you're always trying to adapt or Daryl Morey, like how many Daryl Morey guys now run teams? Right? Guy runs the Timberwolves, guys runs the Kings, dude runs Daryl now runs the Sixers, so his old guy runs the Rockets. Just it just naturally expands. I I, I my push on this, and this is just because I don't have a specific answer. I think the goalpost is always moving. Like, I, I think there may be a trend for a couple years, and then the moment that trend works, the nature of the business, because it's also like you start talking to your coaches about it. Hey, got, hey, to our offensive coordinator, I think this is why it's working. Well, that guy gets a job. It just it just expands when things work. I think it's impossible to keep a, an insulated secret on something, like on base percentage is no longer niche, but just the niche new thing. Even it feels like, the um, GPS data has become a pretty, I wouldn't say it's Every, a mainstream everyone has discussion, it but everyone has that stuff. Yeah. Not just on their own players, right? But on players. I, I do think that has become, a, though, a thing to the way these coaches push guys and feel, I don't know if this works or not, because it feels like there's more injuries now than ever, but feel good about like taking a guy off practice. It's not like a guessing game. It's like, we give him Wednesdays off. Why? Because he's old, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, you just kind of gut feel. I think there's less gut feel now based on quote unquote data. Yeah. And there's more injuries. Way more injuries. Practices are easier and there's less of them and there's more, more guys getting hurt. It's, it's crazy. Uh, okay. This is from Cork. Long time listener, first time reviewer, hammer time. Uh, even as the A's and even as an A's Raiders fan, these city boys run a high level operation. Oh, that's the worst. We're the city boys. Coverage, great coverage, incredible hair, better takes, buyer beware on Milkoff's golf bets. You know, those are hard to hit, John. Uh, bag time. As an East Bay native prior to the Raider uh, and a prior Raider and A's season ticket holder, when the A's leave Oakland to complete the professional sports exodus trifecta in under a decade, will it be the biggest embarrassment tragedy? For any city in the history of sports, P.S. McNally's Irish Pub in Oakland is always the bar. P.P.S. Ride High Mustangs. Which school is that? Do you know the Mustangs? Oh, Cal Poly. Oh, Cal Poly Mustang. Okay, I thought it was. But I, I don't know if that's what he means. It's, yeah, you're right. It is, I, bet it is. I bet it is. I bet it is. The I, I do take a little offense. Trifecta. I, I take a little offense to City Boy. Personally, I mean, you've lived there for a while, but you're not uh, a natural grown-up. I'm not a city, a city guy. I just live here. You've I lived mean, there like for a decade, <laughs> but but I I, I do Eight think I, I do think that it's like it. it's based on how you grow up, not like where you end up moving Absolutely. for jobs and stuff. So Absolutely. it's like I grew up in a small town, 
Now I, I've lived in the city. I've lived in multiple cities, but I, you know, city boy, like I don't, I never felt comfortable because I like my grass. I like my space. I, I do my work in suburbs. I identify as an Air Force kid. That's when people ask me where you're from. I'm always like, well, what I think defined me and my upbringing was the fact that we were in the Air Force and that gave me great experiences to be exposed to different people and places. Now we moved to Davis and that's home and that's where my parents are now. Uh, and that's where we met. And that's where I went to high school. So that's, you know, the short answer. But um, anyway. I moved around these streets, dog. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, is it an embarrassment? I mean, I, I would say not necessarily. It's not a because point of pride. I, I, I'd say if you looked at it like this, if you were starting from scratch and placing teams around the country, Oakland would never get a team. Now, the way teams originally started weren't based on where media markets were going to be post-internet age. So it's like, it's stupid to play that game. But... Like, if you do take a step back, you go, you know, we had an incredible run, incredible teams. We had historic moments. Uh, the Warriors, technically, they just moved down. They just upgraded a home, right? They and they were in San really, Francisco originally. And they're not. I mean, no, Oakland loves to claim them, but they weren't. They were the Bay Area's team, right? I mean, they were the one team where the baseball and football team split fans. They had all the whole group. I also think it's really hard because I do think I understand why why like the A's came there or why the Raiders like when you look at the market size it is bigger than just San Francisco but I also think it's very difficult to support multiple teams in the same sport in one market I mean I, it's it's hard what, what, one thing I do wonder though guy is and again you just it's easy to say this now that when they built that area it was probably made a lot of sense to put the arena out there if you had told me the baseball slash football arena had been downtown Oakland, where clearly a lot of commerce has added mm -hmm. over the last decades, that area sucks where it's at right now. Like, you just, you, I mean, you, it just sucks. It's a dump. So I understand why all those teams are like, we don't want to stay in this area, right? right? If that area had been a potential, like once upon a time when the Giants moved their stadium, there was potential there. I just think they're, and you can always say you never know, and maybe in 50 years that area is booming. You, you know, that's just the way California's historically always operated. It feels like, I don't know, less likely? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just wonder if that stadium was just different place, even if it was old, would it be viewed a little different? Yeah, I think so, because I think most stadiums that are in that type of place that you're describing are viewed differently. Like, yeah. I, Cleveland. Okay, most people don't talk about Cleveland like a tourist destination. But a lot of things happen in Cleveland. They've got the big golf event every year. They've got a lot of stuff. I went to uh, to whatever they call Progressive Field. Maybe two. Maybe it was twenty nineteen. It was awesome because there were restaurants all around the ballpark, and we walked right out of the ballpark. And it was like pick the street you want to walk down. It it looked to me like pictures I've seen in New Orleans. Like it was just. Whatever side street you pick, you're going to find a steakhouse. You're going to find seven bars. You're going to find, you know, the little lights going over the street, the whole thing. Like, it was it was awesome. I thought it was one of the best areas around a ballpark I'd ever experienced. I'll give you an example of an area that I've driven by a couple times just when I lived in Philly. And I never went to a game there. I think you probably have a baseball game for sure. And I, I wonder if the demos and the city size, maybe I'm off. Is Baltimore has some parallels to Oakland? Baltimore, yeah, the, I've been to several games there. It's great. Their park and the awesome. the football stadium and the baseball stadium are fucking downtown. So you'd say like, is Baltimore an ideal big market? I, I don't know, 
it, honestly, it just kind of feels a little Oakland-y to me, just thinking about it. But it's like downtown, you're just kind of there. It and just, remember, things are just expand. All This whole style of ballpark that that Petco is now, that Safeco is now, that that Oracle built around the the high rises. Yeah, but no, the the like old style brick and like let's make it look kind of old school. I think HOK, I don't think that's the name of the designer architect anymore, but that was the designer. Camden Yards was the first like that. And then they built several oh, kind I of in you. the same vein that were Camden Yards was a Have tourist, like a specific wall kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like that's kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. Some <laughs> weird stuff, a lot of brick and just make it Camden Yards was a real tourist destination like that is a i want to go see camden yards it's an awesome place and that's you know the argument for no we're going to put this thing on the water we're going to make it look cool like there is something to be said for that um but it's you're not giving them a chance where they are right now i totally get why the A's are like we are not building here it doesn't no all right next up john cam Akers, round one Huge fan of the pod. Assuming reader, assuming the reports are true. So this is from eight days ago. So the reports are true. Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big 12 for the SEC. What are your thoughts on how realignment shakes out for the rest of the Big 12 teams? Does the Pac-12 or ACC come in for Baylor, TCU, or Tech? Establishing a foothold in the state of Texas. Who gets left at the altar? Does KU hoops outweigh their football program, decrepit football program? A lot to unpack here, but seems like a fun topic for the mailbag. Well, as we learned, it the went AAC from like comes a- calling. <laughs> It went from like sources, Oklahoma, Texas are sniffing around to the SEC to like two days later. They're in the SEC and more than likely to start in 2022. And the Big 12 is suing ESPN for colluding. That shit fucking happened. Within ESPN a week, has that's... responded and said, these accusations are ridiculous. We consider the yeah, matter I'm so- closed. I- I- I'm sorry, guy. If I had to take an educated guess, if me and you ran ESPN, it- I find it hard to believe that when we were attracting the SEC these conversations didn't somewhat come up. Not not saying that they pushed Texas, Oklahoma, but maybe just maybe put together some binders and some numbers, what it would look like. Well, I if mean, you I, were the SEC, you would want ESPN to know that you were getting Texas, Oklahoma. And I have a hard time thinking no one knew. There is no way they didn't know, John. <laughs> yeah, they knew. They knew. And you know what? It's worth getting sued over because you just do it. Well, are like, you really going to get sued? We'll see. There has well, to be might. a Big 12 left to sue them. That's true. I think it's going to be sweet. Do you know that the average Oklahoma and Texas game draws like five to seven million people on ESPN? So if you're ESPN, you're going to the SEC, wouldn't you want to bring two of the bigger properties you've worked with for like decades? Well, yeah. I mean, it's Texas, the number one athletics department in the country, and they don't even win. And clearly Oklahoma has been a cash cow for TV partners. You know, it's funny. I was talking to a TV guy the other day who told me, he's like, you know, what's funny is when you go, when Oklahoma's not great, it's not the greatest environment. Like, it's good. I, I push back, guy. They've been good for our entire life. Yeah, well, they're, they're great. But so. when, what I said to him is like, yeah, there's like a Texas. That's it. When Clemson's not great, who, whatever. Clemson's great. <laughs> they're a powerhouse. Um, there's the AC. Oh, like here's one. Kansas. You know, Kansas makes more money than most schools. Kansas makes I, a ton of money. And, that, and they're bad at football. Well, you know their basketball arena seats like twenty five thousand people. They are. They make so much. Kansas is one of the more uh, higher revenue athletics departments in the country. Like, why is that? Is it basketball? Yeah, I think they're top twenty five. I gotta go back and look, but they are a high revenue institution. So, so you're saying people are gonna want them? Yeah, I don't think Kansas have a problem. Plus, they're academically, I think, solid. Why wouldn't the Pac twelve try to have them in another program? Yeah, Kansas would probably be on the list. Kansas, Iowa State, Pac-14. Let's roll. If you're Iowa State, where would you try to go if you're Iowa State? I'd try to go to the Big yeah, Ten. Yeah, Big Ten. Yeah. 
but wouldn't wouldn't the Big Ten try to get Kansas? Yeah, I mean, get them both for basketball. Next up, this is from Michael on Facebook. Guys, love what watch watching your podcast on YouTube. In fact, my wife, who isn't a sports talk listener, also loves watching. You guys are funny as shit. I love your stories. My question is, who's the best case scenario comp for Trey Lance and the worst case scenario? I'm thinking best case Deshaun Watson, worst case Sam Darnold. Speaking about shit, did you see Gardner Minshew's comment? That he's not competing for second place, basically, for backup? Is that what it was? Yeah, that, well, that he's so constipated because he ain't thinking about doing anything that involves a number two. <laughs> he's like, I haven't taken a shit all summer because I ain't doing number twos. What a line. That's a good line. It, it was a good line, yeah. Uh, what was the question? The best and worst case comps for Trey Lance. Best case, Deshaun. Worst case, Darnold. Uh, he's just bigger, stronger arm than Deshaun. You know, he's just... It's he's a different type player. Same with Sam Darnold. He's got a much better arm than those guys. I, honestly, I think he's more Josh Allen-y. Like, I, I think that's kind of going to be his thing. And I'd say worst case is just like the... Kaiser wasn't a mobile, but just like those big arm guys that just suck. Yeah, the worst case, there's you can't say worst case and then name a guy that's a starter, right? Yeah, he just worst case, he sucks. Because every there's been every level of talent player in every sport that has not just like knocked around and not lived up to expectations, but failed. And nobody, you know, to say that you ever know that somebody is totally fail proof is just so. Who do you think jo- Josh Allen vibes? I think that's kind of his. Jo- that be. was, my, uh, yeah, I like that. I like that. But same deal. Like, gonna take gonna take a jump act from an act. Josh took a huge accuracy jump. I think. Have you noticed one thing that's bubbling people out like, there? Like, w- people like worst case, like Nick Foles. You're like, okay, we could we can win a little. What a like, championship! Not- <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, have you noticed there's some Josh Allen kind of? Is Josh Allen gonna regress this year? Stuff bubbling out there based on how much his completion percentage jumped and all that. It's gonna be an interesting. I, I saw on Twitter today, Emmanuel Sanders said he saw made him saw he's been in the league a decade. He threw two passes a day of practice he's never seen before in his entire career. Somebody then listed all the quarterbacks he's played with. It's not well, exactly it's not exactly the John Elways of the world. You're right, Jimmy's. You're right. He played with some bad guys. Play with Breeze, a- Alex. Breeze, right? Oh, I guess he never made it to the Chiefs. He missed Peyton Manning? In Denver? I thought they played... He might have got the one bad Peyton Manning year. Maybe came at the end. Somebody listed. I, I got to go back and look at this tweet real quick. He definitely got a year of Peyton Manning, because remember the Chiefs tried to sign him, and then he went to the Broncos. So, but, I mean, Peyton Manning is not like Josh Allen, so I could see, like, Peyton Manning in practice, besides screaming at people, is not making throws that blow your mind. Jimmy... He called it breeze. Uh, somebody, I can't find that. Well, Emmanuel Sanders started. He he played with oh, yeah. Roethlisberger. Oh yeah, Big Ben. That's true. Peyton, Jimmy G. Emmanuel Sanders has been a lot of winning. Been around a lot of yeah, winning. I mean, guy, you're acting like I, this person's poo pooing. No, like, yeah, that's a pretty good list of guys. No, that person was not poo pooing. This person was giving him credit. How many Hall of Famers are on that list? Three. Well, I mean, Jimmy's career is not done. Oh, this guy was this guy was saying like yeah, it's pretty high praise. Yeah, I just saw a list and I saw oh. Jimmy G on it, and I'm like, well, you know, from an arm strength standpoint, not I'm not saying he's played with scrubs. I just yeah. Now the push the the arm strength standpoint of that list is not great, right? Ben's high, but the rest of them are like Manning ain't rolling out Look, to his right throwing fifty yards. Emmanuel Sanders' opinion matters on this topic. I'm not saying it doesn't. It does. Yeah. I take his. I, I'm I'm pro Emmanuel Sanders. You were trying to dump on Jimmy. All right, John. Good mailbag, everybody. Three o'clock Sunday. See you on the tube. Big podcast coming out.
Adios, can't wait. Let's do it. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.